group of young heroes called the Animorphs. Hello and welcome to Metamorph Millennials, the podcast that I started to force my friends to read Animorphs and yell at them about how adorable skunks are. My name is Morgan. Um, and my name is Jason. I'm not your ordinary person. <laughs> and my name is Kate. And today we are talking about book number nine, The Secret. The one that has a lot of side animals that we need to talk about, but it is the wolf book. Which yeah, te- doesn't technically the wolf book. Which doesn't <laughs> technically, make yeah. any sense because the wolf is like the minor morph in this book. Yeah, we were yeah. talking uh, uh, right before the podcast on uh, it is, should be the skunk book. Let's let's not lie. <laughs> yeah, definitely the skunk book. I mean, I already said that book five instead of gorilla should be the ant book. So maybe not the termite book because we do have termites in this one. But yeah, definitely skunk book. That would be cute. But I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they did some focus groups and were like, nobody's going to buy this book if we put a skunk on it. So... I have a feeling, yeah. Uh, but it's also great, like, you know, wolf, uh, with the wolf morphing so prevalent, it seems like it will be throughout the series that, like, yeah, it needed to be on a cover. That is true, yeah. But, yeah, it, I, I think some the skunks should get some love because uh, it's, it's, it's so cute They're and cute. awesome in this. What was on the cover of book three? Because that's when they first morphed wolf. It was Tobias' book, so he just, it was just the red-tailed hawk. Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine if it was, like, (laughs) Tobias could get, like, halfway between morphing a wolf, and so it's, like, you know, a hawk with, like, a wolf's tail and ears? (laughs) That would be Hybrid. Chimera. I mean, they wouldn't have to have a model for that either. Just some really clever 90s Photoshop. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that would look great. (laughs) Um, I think you did warn us, Morgan, ahead of time on this book, but uh, I will say uh, there it, it did trigger like the 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 mom the the skunks uh, getting hurt they they get better but oh boy there was a hot and uh, go moment where it was just ah uh, like uh, I was tearing up a little bit because I was really worried yeah. about everybody. You'll, you'll have to point that out to me because I did not get like <laughs> <laughs> any anything. It took me a while to figure out what Tobias had done also and why Cassie was mad. Was yeah, like, no, oh. Tobias ate the baby. Well, he ate I was the just baby. Like, yeah. I, was like, I, was like, I was like, did he do that? Or is Cassie just being assuming it and we're leading to believe that he that she's angry because she thought she did. She's speculating. No. But then at the end, I was like, oh, he actually really did. And I was like, no. oh, well. Like... <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I was like, that's a choice. I wonder uh, how it tasted. I know. I, oh, God. Yeah, no. Uh, Morgan, I was I was having a little struggles there with the, the, the baby the baby skunks. But I'll just say, I do not relate to Cassie's, like, again, her, like, struggle. Mor- her moral struggle for this book. I, I like, yeah. maybe it's because, like, we're, we're adults and she's still a child. But I'm just like, girl, <laughs> like it's not that big of a deal. I don't Get know. I I related just because I have the disposition of if an animal is hurt and I'm around, I'll probably try one way or another to help it. Whether that if it's a wild animal, uh, I'm not going to be stupid. That's where you know 
call in resources to handle uh, an animal like that being hurt, but I'm the person who, if there's a dog on the loose and, you know, it's running towards traffic, I'm getting out of my car as safely as possible and yes. running across and helping it. And I've gotten definitely bitten in those cases. I'm okay, no rabies or anything like that. But um, <laughs> I, it's just like, I, I, I have like a Hagrid syndrome in that regard of just, animals, animals don't know the rules and how to work in a human world and that's not fair so like it, it, i don't know it's just like you have to do anything you can at that moment to just help them get to safety or or be able to take care of themselves and i do get life and death and how nature works it's just i don't know the automatic disposition of uh of being on an animal side because they don't have they they are put in a in like kind of like a no win situation at a lot of times and and you got to give them a, a better chance than that. <laughs> no, I agree with you on saving the animals. I think like Cassie has like three like main conflicts. Like well, one obviously people are like like she wants to in this episode focuses on like preserving nature. I'm like yes, hands down that should be the big reason. Like like how everybody else treats it. I was like guys, you're sort of on the wrong like the wrong side <laughs> here and then also saving the caring about the baby skunks and saving the animals yes totally agree with that i think it's her like her third one where she's trying to struggle with like with again the, like, when being... do i kill something versus when uh when is like uh, how can i turn around and kill like the termite queen and then you know go and save the baby skunks that dilemma yeah and like being an animorph and how it relates to all that and like and i was like you need to stop thinking about like it so critically it's like yes it's nature yes it sucks it's like you do I don't know maybe it's like her working through it but like I just I'm yeah I think it's her struggling of of uh the choices like you know I can choose to do this and and save us in this regard and then yet I'll turn around and still get angry at Tobias you know eating a baby skunk yeah I made a note about that actually yeah I feel like it's just like her trying to figure out like I maybe it's a challenge thing where like things aren't so black and white no like, yeah there's there's a lot of um like you can't apply something to all these situations because it's so contextual except the skunks they're black and white <laughs> oh Morgan uh. <laughs> but I'm not. I enjoyed yeah. it <laughs> well I think it's I think it's at the end she's like it's like you you place value on things that's why they're important yeah which can also be like like she she says at some point like how am I allowed to place value on this creature that's just a bug versus you know the skunk babies because they're cute that's up to you and yeah you can't live with that choice well it's interesting because they were talking uh at one point about i think like uh, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves but uh, <laughs> no, yeah like... but they were talking about like you know humans having the responsibility of uh and and being like the only ones that have the power to be able to save uh all other species and that is the imperative but because they have that power and that responsibility, maybe that's what it comes down to as the difference. But I did want to say, like, there are a lot of instances where other animals and other species come to the aid of other animals and other species. Yeah. Humans don't always witness it, but sometimes they do. And it, it, it's not, again, not black and white and every species are out for themselves just to take care of themselves. Like other, there's interspecies uh, helping each other in, in really amazing ways, whether that's, you know, symbiotically or, you know, uh, maybe, I, I don't know, like, uh, 
dolphins coming to the rescue of, of another sea creature or something like that. I'm surprised they didn't call that out in the book. I was like, that's like the, I feel like the first thing you think about when you think of like altruistic behavior between species. It's not just humans. Yeah. I always think about the dogs in the cheetah enclosures at the zoo. <laughs> Uh, well yeah yeah. they put dogs in there to keep them calm because dogs are the chillest animals and cheetahs get nervous so they uh well they grow they on those situations i think the young cheetah or the young tigers and stuff get paired with uh dogs and grow up together and become bonded Mm -hmm. you know um friends and pairs and play play together that way yeah but but yeah let alone in the wild though that uh other animals then go come to the rescue of other species sometimes too yeah. Listeners, I promise this is all going <laughs> to make more sense. Yes, yes, yes. Let's actually start it. I posted the book cover in the chat, which is basically just Cassie. She's in a plaid button-down shirt and a very loose t-shirt and jeans and shoes sitting cross-legged and then turns into a wolf. And I'm like, literally none of that you could wear. <laughs> To morph. I mean, like that. That being said, like all the baggy '90s clothes that all the other uh, models have worn in the the previous books. I mean, it's it's the same argument you can make. <laughs> yeah, but I'm surprised. I'm like, guys, overalls. <laughs> but Actually, no, Cassie, you're right. Yeah, she, Cassie, Cassie B should be in overalls. <laughs> Always in overalls. Uh, I think she has overalls in a later book, but I can't remember. But I'm like, did y'all even read the book? <laughs> and I think it's also a little bit easier for them to wear looser clothes because it's easier to like Photoshop it. But I don't it looked know. like maybe they used a Timberwolf image on the front cover. Uh, with it being a little bit more black. Yeah, it's not a great picture, I feel like. No, it's it's muddled, but it it, it kind of looks like a timber wolf, which we'll talk about wolf facts uh, at some point later this episode. Yeah. Jason, you want to go ahead, go ahead and get us started? I will start this off. Okay, so let me pop off. The first, like, third of the first chapter is, like, completely rehash like summary well it's like usually it's like maybe like the first like maybe like paragraph or two this is like a lot so i was just like okay 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 yes can't tell your name okay yes these are the yurks yes they could be anybody yes okay earth okay controllers okay elfangor i was like okay she's getting it all out of the way after cassie's little bit of a winded explanation uh we're ready to really get into this okay so Cassie and Rachel are staying after school, and it's revealed Cassie got a D, like a scandalo. What kind of a like student is she? <laughs> and it's in science. She is staying after school. She's trying to do an extra credit project, and you know, because they're BFFs, you know, BFF necklaces. Rachel's with her, and Rachel is kind of just being like a little shitty, but like, yeah, she's like, <laughs> so she has a rat that she has to get through a maze. And Rachel's like, maybe you have a not very smart rat. That could be the subject of your paper. My dumb rat. <laughs> but, but she's just like, why am I here? I'm like, Rachel, you don't have to be here. <laughs> like, if you're just going to, like. Cause like, problems and not let me get th- this done. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, go home. Um, but, you know, whatever. So Cassie's doing this for extra credit. Um, and then Rachel gives the brilliant idea of, like, why don't you morph into the rat to figure it out? And, you know, Rachel's like. And not Rachel. Cassie's already like had thought about that, but she's like, "Is that ethically right?" Again, Cassie, stop worrying about it. Just use your morphing power. You have it. It's fun. Use it. You're not like 
crashing markets, having people lose their jobs, bringing down countries. Like, could I say though that she could probably have done this project to begin with without the rat if she could have just morphed rat and then that poor rat that you know obviously we're gonna get into what goes on with the the rat um but uh then it didn't have to really even have to be there in the first place yeah well that's a question did she get like a wild rat or like a lab rat i think it's a lab rat it's a white yeah i think it's a class pet type yeah, rat. it's a white rat uh it, it sounds like it's domesticated it's a white rat definitely because it's on the cover of a later book so oh returning character yeah the, the rat is a return <laughs> recurring character okay but obviously the rat's not doing the maze correctly so they're trying to figure it out they both morph rat because cassie makes rachel morph rat which to me i was like cassie it's probably the better idea that Rachel... Oh, just make, Ra- make Rachel more frat and then you or, just do the project. Just, yeah. Ha- have a human, like, stand by. Like, just don't, like, you know, let's just have, you know, no humans around in a public school just right after school. And, like, let's just all be rats. I was like, guys... Like, no, she get the project done a lot faster, and Rachel would be a lot more helpful if she just morphed rat for Cassie. And <laughs> yeah, and so she's like, I don't want to do it by myself, which is very thirteen-year-old girl. Everybody goes to the bathroom together. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, it, yeah, it was it was dumb, but I it's understandable because they're teenagers, and they are getting slightly better about all of their their strategies and stuff at least better than you know when they all more fucking trout and had tobias carry them into a lake like they're doing much better this book but like even so even with the we'll get to this later with the termites i'm like guys practice it takes you like five minutes (laughs) like for god's sake kids if i was if i was running this book the yorks would be (laughs) and they'd be gone already So they're morphed and of course they describe, you know, what it's like to be that animal. So they notice like sort of an sort of overarching feeling of fear, but not like, like the, like terror of like needing to run around just like I'm a small animal. Um, and also very hungry. Not as bad as the shrew. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, also there's intelligence there. So, um, you know, very, very different feelings, very, you know, rat feelings, you know, you're not surprised to, you know, hear about any of those. Um, so they've set up, you know, I think like the backpack and the books and things to get from like the ground to, um, to the maze. And so Cassie gets into the maze and, um, sort of notices that she also can't smell the food. Um, she can't, you know, figure out why. Well, she figures out really quickly that it's because, uh, there's a ceiling fan on in the classroom which is blowing away the scent of the food. So the rat, you know, can't um, figure out how to get through the maze because it can't smell the food. And in my mind, I was like, why is it an open ceiling maze? I feel like, like, if I was a rat, like, I would have just, like, climbed out. I was going to say maybe it couldn't climb, but yeah, we know rats can kind of climb out of that. Anything. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe the walls are just pretty high. I don't know. Climb any through anything. Well, it doesn't smell the nuts to know where it wants to go, so... And what the hell kind of project is this anyway? I was going to mention that. Yeah. (laughs) Also, this is bad teaching to leave two children in a room with a live animal. With an animal. Yeah. And I mean, not to say that some kids are responsible, but we'll see others are not really soon. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, you, no, not, not in a, not a classroom setting. Uh, Not with live animals. 
I was I, allowed to take my seventh grade class pet snake home for winter break, uh-huh. but also like the teacher had figured out that I am very responsible by that point. So yeah, it was no, fine. There's, there's definitely that. Ooh, what kind of snake was it? It was a garter snake. His name oh, was, okay. Uh, his name is Bo. We had a uh, we had corn snakes in uh, our classrooms, and then uh, over like break. We were hatching baby chicks uh, in our in our classroom, and so the teacher uh, asked. Uh, I was one uh, one of the two kids. She asked over break to say, "Come and help me as the baby chicks are hatching, please." Uh, back to the classroom, uh-huh. and that was really cool. And then we also had um, uh, like crawdads and stuff like that. It was a fun classroom. There's a lot of animals in it. Man, <laughs> that's very Cassie of you. <laughs> yeah, no, guys, I, I. Uh, Sorry, I, I know Cassie has some flaws here, and we'll probably get into those later. But uh, I, I really hard. She's she she's a a good a good human to always be on the side of the animals before other humans. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I did not get anything fun like that in my classrooms. The only class animal pet thing was butterflies in kindergarten. Uh, Gosh. How was it? Butterflies coming out of their um their uh chrysalis uh. uh and and just like the amount of like splatter that's below if you're like uh like have like a butterfly um container unit you can like see like there's a lot it's like a horror movie like after a butterfly emerges (laughs) from from their cocoon or their chrysalis it's like there's a lot of excess stuff in there that's just splat all over on the bottom of the containers and you're just like ah Hmm. Makes sense, I guess, since they turn into goo in mm-hmm. the chrysalis. Yes, which is also my theory for middle schoolers, uh, in, in human middle <laughs> schoolers, is essentially their brains are turned to goo and eventually they'll reform by college into something that resembles <laughs> intelligence. Can confirm. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but we'll get to butterflies on a later date. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, as we alluded to um some kids come into the classroom don't know why um but they see the rats and they get really judgmental real quick and also turn into little sadistic assholes real quick and like instead of like oh this is could be like someone's project or you know this rat could be a pet like they're like well, let's get it. Let's get it with a broom and kill it and all this other stuff. I was like, wow, you guys yeah. are, where are your parents? I don't know. I just want to be like, you assholes. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, uh, this is one of, this is one of the two points throughout the book where I teared up. <laughs> I needed a trigger warning for this, Morgan. Oh, uh, sorry. Ab- abuse of animals. <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot about this, uh, this little, you know, shenanigans at the beginning. So. But they don't win because Cassie and Rachel are like super, super smart rats. And they basically start climbing over um, one of the children and they all get freaked out and run away. And um, obviously Cassie's project is ruined, but like the, the, the rat, which they didn't give a name to it, um, the, the project rat uh, is nowhere to be seen. And so they just assume it's just going to live in the walls of the school for the rest of its life. You know, um, that's fair. When it's off uh, page and off book, but it's still alive, the animal usually fares well is my, uh, my experience. Yeah, well, it's, it's if it lives in a middle school, it's going to have a lot of food to eat. Yeah, because uh, kids don't clean up after themselves generally. 
All right. All right. Uh, the little assholes are chasing the rat around. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I was just like, where did we go again? And Cassie um, and Rachel jump onto them and climb up their leg, yep, <laughs> which and, is great. Yep. And freak them out. So sort of a comeuppance, which is, which is great. And the kids run away, uh, which is awesome. Uh, Lab rat gets away. Cassie and Rachel um, go also leave. <laughs> and sort of just like, okay, well, this is done. Um, and, you know, Cassie's always, you know, worried about like, you know, um, is Jake going to find out? He says not to do stuff like this <laughs> and, um, all that. But like, so that evening, so that very same evening, they, they come to Cassie's barn. Um, so that's great. They're all meeting about that. And Cassie does find out that Jake heard about it. He doesn't say anything, but he gives her like looks <laughs> about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake is so judgmental. <laughs> I'm sorry with the the Cassie Jake relationship. <laughs> They've all like, done shit too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's like like they're being. I get like kind of why they're being really protective and like when to use morphine. I'm like, guys, as long as it's not like in public, like use it. Like, come on, <laughs> like. Yeah, I will mm-hmm. say that this is one of their dumber ones. I mean, presumably the door, like. Like, if those kids had come in, like, a couple minutes earlier, or you, like, they would have seen them morphing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it didn't say they went into, like, a closet or something to well, do it, so. That's why you should have kept one friend. Yeah, exactly. So, it's like, they just need to be smarter about it. It's like, yeah, use your morphing. It's, like, super, you know, awesome to do. Either way, um, we can only expect so much from children. Um <laughs> Oh, okay. It was confirmed. Uh, I know we were debating this in earlier episodes. It was finally confirmed that they're in middle school. Mm-hmm. So now we know. Official. Which, again, makes it all the weirder that I think in book two that that college-looking guy was perving on Rachel. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, like, no, no. Mm-mm. Gross. Um, so uh, they're, they're all there, but like before everybody else gets there, Rachel and Cassie are having some banter about like fashion and whatnot basically sort of <laughs> Rachel low-key making fun of Cassie's clothing um but you know it's you know it's not it doesn't feel as like bad natured which is nice because sometimes Rachel gets a little bit like mean intense yeah uh Rachel says someday I'm going to knock you over the head stuff you into a big bag and drag you to the mall and force you to buy a dress you can keep the big rubber boots if you insist but we're getting you a dress <laughs> I mean, you know, there's boots that look cute with dresses. That could work. Yeah, that's that's really in right now. But not every self-identified lady has to wear a dress. Mm. No. <laughs> Although pants are the shackles of the man, right, Morgan? <laughs> yep. That's what I've been told. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, they're meaning here because Tobias has noticed, and I think Axe noticed activity, uh, basically a logging company. Um, has built a command center in the woods and is, you know, chopping down trees. Um, and they're heavily armed, which is suspicious. So they're like, okay, this is most likely Yerks, but they still have to go to confirm that it's Yerks. But it's like, guys, it's Yerks. It's always Yerks. When is it not Yerks? I mean, there's a force field around the, the logging camp, so I'm going to go with Yerks. <laughs> oh, I was I was immediately going to Fern Gully and uh, <laughs> I, I went a different route, but I'm like, okay, yeah, Yerks too. <laughs> oh my God. Tim Curry as Visor 3. Oh, he, he would eat it up. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that'd be great, great casting. <laughs> Am I the only one that would want Visor 3's human form to be, like, um, what's the guy that voices Iago? 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, now I have to Google it. Otherwise, we'll get tweeted at. Uh, oh my gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh. Uh. Bu- 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 Gilbert Gottfried. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I don't know. I just like wanted it to like his voice is like human voice not to be that menacing. I just think it'd be like just funny. And <laughs> now that I'm noting his name is Iago, which is also a character in Othello. Is that like Othello Aladdin is based on Othello, like Lion King is based off of Hamlet or Oh. Is it? Isn't Aladdin like? Well, I thought a really Aladdin originally was though? based on um, A Thousand and One Nights. Uh, That's true. That that too. I yeah. don't know actually the original story. Isn't that also more like Indo Chinese? But it also says on the Wikipedia page based on Iago in Othello by William Shakespeare. So that's why. Oh, I maybe the Disney character is, but maybe in like there's no Iago character, obviously talking parrot or whatever. <laughs> and like, it's a great name for a parrot. The not original lie. story. He was also played name. by Alan Tudyk, apparently, in the uh, in the new one. Oh, Alan in Tudyk the voice live action one. Uh huh. With its limited mm-hmm. voice lines. Um, Interesting. She plays like a lot of parrots. Tudyk. Anyway, <laughs> no, <laughs> well, no yeah, parrot facts. Chicken. We'll do <laughs> parrot facts later. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're talking. Uh, Alan Tudyk did the. I think you're thinking chicken. Uh, chicken bird. Another bird. Yeah, is what I meant to say. Anyway, <laughs> Moana, okay. Yes. Yeah. Continue, Jason. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is I know, gonna we, take we forever. Just, we just always have so much to say at the beginning. Chapter four. <laughs> okay. Well, well, they uh, they decide they they come they reach reach the realization that the Yurks are trying to snuff them out because it's the only place an Andalite could live, and Visitor uh, Three still thinks they're Andalites. So, but Cassie is. Cassie is mainly where, like, they can't just chop down a whole forest. That's, like, ecological destruction and habitats and the animals, which are like, yes, that's fucked up. That's what the Yurks will do to your entire planet. You know this. It's, like, part of the reason you're fighting. And everybody's just like, we just got to stop the Yurks because fuck the Yurks. And so it's, like, basically, like, everybody has different motivations. And this is where I was like, guys, you're being sort of dicks to Cassie about, like, caring about the planet, which you're trying to save. But then also, like... Oh, it's always, it's got to be more than just, like, fuck the Yerks, you know, sort of yeah. thing. I'm like, like, why does it matter? Why are you giving such a, like, Cassie's such a hard time that she cares about this part? Uh, yeah, I feel like her, her motivation is in the right place, but she gets at it from a different point of view than theirs, to, to an extent, you know, uh, because in the same uh, in her same efforts of trying to, you know, help all these different animals, and that's what she does with her family and stuff like that. That's where, you know, her background is and where she comes from and, and what motivates her to want to help them also save uh, the planet from the Yerks. But it, it, it comes to the same conclusion, but from a different perspective. And I think somehow that's obviously... I don't know. Uh, lower in the pecking lower in the pecking order uh, uh, compared to the others. I think it has to do with in the late 90s too, like animal rights and environmentalism was definitely seen as some sort of like fringe, hippy dippy, touchy feely idea. And it's like, no. <laughs> like it was just very looked down upon. PETA was an insult, you know. I think it's also coming from that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, um, stigmatized is essentially yeah, exactly. what you're mm-hmm. saying. Uh-huh, and boy, howdy. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't know, I was sort of just, like, annoyed with the kids. I was like, like, I don't know, because I felt like, like, they were going, like, Marco especially, and, like, they were going, like, hard on Cassie, and I was like, guys, like, fuck off. 
Like it's... you still you still all are on the same team of wanting to get this done. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's it's just yeah, it rubbed me the wrong way. But um No, no, so the, I agree. Yeah. So they go out to do it. They obviously I'm glad they were smart to realize like, yes, the Yurks are likely prepared for the Andalites to come and like stop them. So that they realize it's sort of a sort of walking into a trap sort of a thing. Where the they'll be really the Yurks will be really prepared. But um, so they wharf Molf and Molf Wolf, and and it's like the only time Cassie morphs like a wolf. I think in this book. Yeah, and everybody yes. else uh, morphs Wolf a few more times. Yeah, so I'm just like, okay, worth the cover, I guess. Again, yes. I, I guess he probably goes with like the probably selling. <laughs> so like, Wolf is cool. Uh, wolf sells cool. over skunk, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so they, they go to investigate, I like to call it the chop shop. Well, uh, so to clarify too, it's Marco and Cassie and yes. are morphing Wolf and then Rachel, Tobias, and Jake are gonna morph raptors and take, and check it out from the sky. And you find out that Cassie doesn't like Marco that much. Like. She says, it's not that I don't like Marco. He just grinds my nerves sometimes. And then she's like. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, why can't I go with Rachel? And then Jake's like, because you and Rachel just egg each other on. And she's like, oh, you like, you mean like you and Marco egg each other on? And he's like, yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh, he does know about the rat thing. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, Rachel's the instigator most times. Yeah, and and that's why I think he picked, he, he picked to go with Rachel to make sure she doesn't do anything stupid. Yeah, so so they're they're together, um, not like together together because you know she like like likes Jake, um, <laughs> but but they get to the to the logging command center at the facility, but they do do a quick note about how they do like being in the wolf morph because it makes them feel like really good. Yeah, and they say this later too, like uh, being a predator in its natural habitat is like really uh, a great morphing experience. Mm-hmm. And so they so they. They're running, you know, to the to the thing, to the chop shop, and they find it. They confirm it's Yerks like really easily because, like, duh, because <laughs> that needed to be confirmed apparently. But they do that. Um, they notice the force field and you know all the heavy equipment. The guards again heavily armed with uh, human guns. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, before they, you know, they think they're being, you know, not well seen um oh wait they smell hork bajir too so they know obviously there are also yurks there as well but they get noticed like sort of out of nowhere they get noticed and then um so marco and cassie do and they're shot out with guns and then dracon beams and then there's this they get a giant steel net like launched at them and cassie barely gets out of it marco doesn't but then axe comes to marco's rescue slices the net and marco can escape but it was very much like oh y'all just like got just like shut down quick and, <laughs> quick and hard so they barely get out of there but you know it's very much just like a okay like heavily guarded you know force fielded you know good lookouts um lots of different enemies and um long range <laughs> deadly thing Dra- yeah they have these dracon cannons uh attached to the top of the building and like turrets so basically they were shooting at them but they managed to dodge it. Mm-hmm. And so they get out of there. They're back, um, you know, all together. And again, this chapter, they like dunk on Cassie again for being pro nature and caring about the forest as a motivation. And because Ca- Cassie's being like, she's really pushing, like, we need to know 
um, how, why they're, well, we know why they're doing it, but they need to know, like, how they're able to do it, um, because that's, because it would be an important figure. Like, if they're getting approval to do that, if they haven't, or they are, or they're planning to, it's like, who are, do they have on their side, or they're trying to get on their side, because it would be someone in a powerful government position because this is a state forest and so they got to have some sort of approval in high places there's there's red tape you'd have to go through to be able to do a logging operation like that in the national forest so cassie's thinking of like the the bigger implication which is again about the yurks you know infiltrating society instead of just like stopping the log cabin and everybody's shitting on her like why does that matter it's like it does matter because it's like the bigger picture like you you have more than one task here to do guys you have to shut down the thing and figure out like who because then like again knowledge is power kids knowledge is power (laughs) and jake also says like it doesn't really matter why we care about this we all want to stop it and because marco's just like dunking on cassie the whole time yeah fuck off (laughs) (laughs) um like cassie's right about this one even though i usually don't agree with her moral dilemmas but like she's totally in the right for like two two thirds of this book yes exactly two thirds (laughs) (laughs) um so they um so that's basically that's basically the entire chapter (laughs) it's very it's very just dialogue heavy between like what you know what the importance is um for this for this logging cabin um and so they're they're basically like we have to get inside how are we gonna do that and again they're thinking very small and cassie's like god damn it Don't want to do ants. What else we got? Yeah. Small, small and Emily is going to lead to one thing. So then, uh, you know, the next chapter, Cassie's back with, uh, well, her dad is like, where have you been? Um, You know, she's getting, got home late, you know, in the evening. Um, And, you know, Cassie's like a little bit surprised because her parents usually don't question her. And I get that because I was the good, trustworthy kid. So it was sort of just like, (laughs) you know, not a lot of questions, you know, get to do what you want to do. And she's just, again, like, I'm lying to them. I was like, girl, <laughs> you gotta lie to them. Or you can tell them and get taken to a therapist. <laughs> I don't know. But I, the lying to her parents about this, like, I just don't, I don't know. It's like, I feel like that's, like, not the moral conundrum because, like, you're protecting them because you can't, because they lie to you about stuff because they can't, you know, because they want to protect you. And it's like, just, I'm like, Cassie, get over it. But she's just, like, I guess she's, like, I guess a really, really good person out of the group. And she has to be, like, sort of that that moral high person. Like, mm-hmm. she, she adds that. That's her that's her character. That's what she, you know, adds to the, the reader's, you know, thing. Understanding of the situation. Yeah. But, so, uh, basically, uh, you know, as we know, Cassie's dad, her parents get called out, you know, when there's an injured animal. And there's a skunk with a really bad burn mark. I wonder why or how. Uh, I also like how um, her dad is being very cagey about it. And he's like, there's a certain animal that we need to go pick up. And I was waiting for you. (laughs) And she's like, okay, there's a skunk. And he's like, yeah, you have such a way with them. They really like you. (laughs) Way to to let your daughter take uh, take the hit on that one. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, how can you be scared of skunks? And he's like, I didn't used to be back before the incident. (laughs) (laughs) and it and uh cassie's mom made him sleep in the barn because he got sprayed (laughs) 
And then and then it agitated all the animals in the barn, so they had to sleep. They she made him sleep in a tent, and then they burned the tent. <laughs> I mean, that is really shitty. But um, also, it's just like I guess like Cassie gets it. She'll just like be in her room. But I'm sort of like she she doesn't want to go. She's like I don't want to do it. No, what if it sprays me? I'm not in the mood for this. But she goes. She goes. She goes. She goes. And she does. And the, oh, the, her dad has a brand new pickup truck. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, I love, I love that of like, oh yeah, we took my dad's new pickup truck because the old one, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> something might have happened to it. <laughs> Please see our episodes from Megamorphs number one. Yes. <laughs> she says Marco had been driving, and Marco cannot drive. <laughs> that's that's the summary of it all. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, like any of them can drive, um, but we do find out Cassie's dad likes old jazz. Or something. Um, <laughs> or something. So, so they're 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 into the forest by the forest area. It took them about twenty minutes, and they you know see the see the skunk. They they get it. Um, you know, Cassie. You know, was very apparently does. You know, she was. We know she has a way with animals. So, um, she picks up the skunk. She's holding it. It's kind of a sweet moment. And she you know, gives she it talks, some frozen mouse meat. Mm-hmm. And she talks about, you know, just, like, the way, like, the skunk tail, like, when it's down, up, sort of up, and then it's, like, straight up. Um, so there's, um, she talks a little bit about, like, you know, like, skunk behavior, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, if they turn their backs on you, that's a warning. If they raise their tails with the tips down, that's a very that's, serious warning. If yeah, they raise the, the tips of their tails, warning. you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and apparently they have accuracy up to 14 feet. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, that's the chapter. They rescued the skunk. And then the next, well, it doesn't say it the next day, but on the following, the preceding Saturday, um, they meet at the mall. So, um, Rachel and Cassie, I think, are together at the mall, but they meet Marco, Axe, and, um, Jake, Jake who are eating, or were eating nachos, <laughs> which um, was great. And Axe talks about eating engine oil and cigarette buds. And I'm just like, Oy. I, well, I'm just like, that's like poison to a human body. And he's ingesting it as a human. So <laughs> like, don't know, don't know what special Andalite uh, <laughs> enzymes you got there, but <laughs> when, I just, yeah, I'm like, gross. This happens often where, I mean, obviously he eats a lot in human morph and some other, some other people eat things in other morphs, but I think it just leaves like when you demorph, it's just gone. Don't worry about it. Or like used for material, I guess, or whatever. But I'm just like, how does he not get nauseous as a human morph? Like, that's just like, ooh. Because he's a 13 year old boy. (laughs) (laughs) They can eat whatever. Okay. And um, he demorphs within two hours. So if it was anything like really, really bad, it he doesn't have to deal with it. He's morphed before he has to deal with it. I guess so. I just feel like just like it would just like upset your stomach even if you didn't know what you were eating, but it's just in there, like whatever chemicals. But other way, other way. I've seen I've seen students eat a whole ass bag of talkies in like an hour. Yeah, talkies are delicious. <laughs> but 
a whole full size bag, not not the yeah yeah. Those serving sizes are bullshit. But how is that compared to a Jason, cigarette? Jason, I think bun? I think this has just proven the point that acts can yeah get by. I, okay, unrelated. Hockeys have just, to be at least as unhealthy as eating cigarette butts. Oh lies, lies, slander, talkies. I will sponsor you. I'll put you on my car. I don't care. Pay me. Dang, um, I think uh, Jason's gonna get all the food sponsors for this podcast. I'm totally buying Trader Joe's. Cinnabon, get stuff. get at us. Oh my yeah. God, Cinnabon, you have no at Metamorph. Idea. You have the best will... spokesperson right here. <laughs> yes, I also I have managerial and coordinating experience. If you need somebody who can work remotely, I will do it, Cinnabon. Um, I also like how. Uh, Cassie asked him, were the nachos good? And he said, they tasted of grease and salt. Plus, there was another flavor that reminds me of some delicious engine oil I tried once. (laughs) Thanks for ruining nachos. (laughs) I'm Uh, like, what could that have been? The meat, maybe? I have no idea. uh, Just maybe uh, maybe there's a noting how the nacho cheese tastes like chemically. Well, I also don't know what engine oil tastes like, so I cannot, like... (laughs) But you know what it smells like. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, I work on my car sometimes. I'm not like, I'm like a, I'm not like your average bottom, but like, <laughs> you know, I'm not like a supercar person. <laughs> I can change my oil. Um, Woo. Let's see. <laughs> That's very good. Humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little humble brag. Um, and, and my, uh, and my coolant. And I know how to replace my battery and charge it. I know how to do stuff. Um, when you have when you have a very shitty car for a long time, you learn to yeah. do things on the side uh-huh. of the road. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, also, if your listeners don't know, there's a limit to how many times you can call your AAA people in a year. <laughs> <laughs> like when you your, your plan is for oh a year, God. and you get a certain amount of calls, and then it starts. You know, go over there. So, um, I, I six is the max for my plan. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah, that was reachable. Well, I've already quickly. used one, so <laughs> just beware. Um, so, uh, Axe is gross. Um, <laughs> the end. Basically, they decided. So they figure out, you know, what morph and Jake. Well, Jake did. Well, Jake Tobias, and it's a termite. And basically, Tobias had noticed they had discarded some wood from the command center that had termites in it. So they grabbed the wood. Uh, got the termite it's a little glass vial they acquire the termite nobody's really happy about this but you know jake's like i read a little bit on them on the internet and this should be okay um so you know (laughs) because it's it's from the same colony so they're not gonna get murdered by (laughs) the termites because they're from the wrong colony like with the ants is the general idea but, oh, if this, if we know anything about Animorphs, something does go wrong. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> what? Shocker? <laughs> uh, if anybody watches this enchantment. Okay. So it's now Saturday night. That very night. Rachel's like, uh, Cassie's like, no breaks, no rest for the wicked. Um, so they, they do the plan. They do the thing. Um, and Cassie can't really focus on her homework or anything because she's like, if you would have to do this, how would you focus if you were possibly going to (laughs) die again in many different horrible ways? How could you focus? So she, like, doesn't really get her homework done. She lies to her dad again, and she has a conniption about that again. Um, (laughs) and then they, they, they go. Well, well, no, actually, that's a lie. Um, she she talks to her her dad dad. first. Yes. And, And, oh, I was going to say, are you are you recapping this part? Or <laughs> I think this this was my part. <laughs> no, I, I, I I'm still on nine. I'm still on nine. 
<laughs> well, I was just going to say that we see, like, this is another part where she gets upset about having to lie to her her pa- parents. Her parents and are it's really like, cool. Her parents are great. And I totally get being, like, not happy about lying to her. Yeah, but it's like, like, she can't be upfront with them because normally they have their relationship where they can be honest with each other. She's very much like, lying is bad, and therefore I can't lie to them, and that's wrong. And so she feels very guilty, but it's like, um, you know, <laughs> you kind of got to do what you got to do here. Well, it's like you can't get them involved because either one, they won't believe you, or two, they believe you, and then they're put in dangerous situations, or two, you tell them, and whether they believe you or not, if they become yurks down the line, that information is privy mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the yurks. So it's like exactly you, the more you, people know, the more danger they're putting themselves in. Yeah, it's like you can't you can't let them know. Like it's just it's not you have to lie to them. It's, yeah, you know, just, super it's secret a, agent animorphs. Yeah, it's it's just yeah. a, a condition of the job position. So again, <laughs> like whatever. But Cassie's dad is uh, uh they're talking about uh the the skunk mom uh, that they rescued that was burnt by the dracon beam and injured in their trainer. Well, he doesn't know if she was burnt by something, but Cassie knows it was the dracon beam. And then uh they're talking about like yeah, she's a mom, so she probably has some babies in the woods. And Cassie's just like <clears throat> what? <laughs> yeah, and then her dad's like not gonna really do anything about it and she's like how could you not do anything about it and like so she's like upset like nobody cares no yeah can i can i go with some skunk facts real quick (gasps) yeah let's talk about skunks Uh, they're not the main animal but i just wanted to note a couple of things about them um that they are omnivores which (laughs) you know you would think that they are um herbivores but they eat Insects, larvae, earthworms, grubs, rodents, lizards, salamanders, frogs, snakes, birds, moles, and eggs. They also commonly eat berries, roots, leaves, grasses, fungi, and nuts. Mm-hmm. And they also will go through your garbage. So, yeah. you know. Like Cheetos. <laughs> I'm sure they oh, do. Oh, could you imagine a skunk with, like, a Cheeto uh, orange dust all around their muzzle? Well, so the, thing, the thing that's funny is it's, like, I have seen a squirrel in La Jolla eating flaming hot cheetos <laughs> oh i'm sure i'm sure so like <laughs> squirrel skunk close enough like <laughs> they'll eat anything um they are also scavengers so they might eat you know dead animals that they find and they also will eat bees so i don't know if we talked about this with bears how they don't eat the honey they eat the bees mm-hmm. I, I can't yeah i think you talked about that in book seven. Oh, what how did i miss that maybe i i might have read it or i can't remember if i talked about it but yeah uh bears eat bees and so skunks will scratch a beehive and then when the bees come out to investigate they'll just snap them up <laughs> and eat them meal to go and they are solitary animals unless they are breeding but sometimes in the winter they will you know like snuggle up for warmth um and they they have like a the the mother's care for the babies not the males so much do you do you think other skunks like like you know okay this is gonna be kind of gross you guys but you know like everybody has like their own like brand do you think like skunks like also don't like other skunk smells which is why they are solid but they like their own smell (laughs) maybe they're like ew this dude smells like shit Um, yeah, I'm wondering like what, yeah, what they feel about their own nasty ass smell. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I wonder if it's like, you know, you smell your own fart, you're like, okay, well, and then you smell other people's fart, <laughs> you're just like, oh, no. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, that's what I'm like, I'm wondering what it is. <laughs> also, so their spray is made out of sulfur, sulfur chemicals and other oh, stuff. That's why it's so smelly. Uh-huh. Yeah. And... Um, it says this in the book, actually, that their only predator is the great horned owl because they don't really have sense of smell. And this article says, in one case, the remains of 57 skunks were found in a single great horned owl nest. So I presume the great horned owls are like, nobody, nobody going to eat that? Great. Okay, I'll take take that one. I'll take take a hit for the team. Maybe that's why great horned owls are more solitary because they're always sprayed with uh, skunk spray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody else they're wants like, to uh, hang around. Them. Yeah. <laughs> we had a, sorry, so many tangents. Uh, growing up, there was uh, one year a great horned owl mom nested uh, outside my bedroom window and uh, she had her two owlets out there and I just watched them grow up and like oh. watching baby owlets as they get bigger playing in like, a bunch of fall leaves underneath the oak trees. They were like bouncing on each other and playing in the leaves as mom like watched uh, up above in the tree, just like, you know, making sure they're okay. And uh, as they were learning how to fly and everything, they were, they were having a fun time and it was so cute. Great Holland owls are very, very pretty. Yeah, we had some on our campus as well. And, some, uh, and one of the science classes built a little owl box for them. Oh, cool. That was cute. So, okay, here's what everybody wants to know. And it's, how do you get rid of the skunk smell? Oh. And the, of course, uh, you know, myth is that tomato juice will neutralize the odor of a skunk. But that is not true, sadly. Um, and instead, the Humane Society recommends that, um, especially, like, most of the time, as we see a little bit later, dogs get sprayed because they're just like, hey, what's that? Hey, what's that? And then they get mm-hmm. sprayed in the face. Um so the Humane Society recommends using a mixture of hydrogen peroxide, baking soda, and dishwashing liquid to uh, get rid of the smell, which can treat that combination can get rid of a lot of stuff. It can also get rid of like vomit smell and uh, That's some other. Thank you. Uh, good tip for those of us who have dogs. We very much appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, I don't know how successful it is with like um, pee smells, like if your dog pees on the rug or something, but that's uh, generally hydrogen peroxide, baking soda, and dishwashing liquid are really good um, ways to get rid of like pet smells, essentially. I feel so bad for dogs because when they get uh, sprayed, their their no uh, their their sense of smell is so much better than ours. It just must yeah, be like I know, an absolutely debilitating <laughs> wall of stench. So uh, people keep skunks as pets. Um, they don't really tend to bite, especially you know tame ones. But sometimes they do bite. Most of the time when people keep skunks as pets, they have the scent glands removed. But some countries, including the UK, have made this practice illegal to remove the scent glands. Mm-hmm. So check your local your local uh, laws about that. And I just wanted to read this great sentence. While related to polecats and other members of the weasel family, skunks have as their closest relatives the old world stink badgers. <laughs> what the fuck's a stink badger? It's a stink, An stink, old stink. world stink badger. Okay, so it looks like a like medieval skunk. It's got like a long nose and no tail. Aww. So like a badger. It kind of looks like a cross between a skunk and a um 
Ricky Tiki Tavi. What are those? <laughs> a mongoose. <laughs> you, you, you got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ricky Tiki Tavi. I I read that with my uh, with my class when I taught seventh grade. So. Oh, okay. Wait, is that the one that's like the weasel that befriends like the um, the 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 child, and they're like in mm-hmm. India? Okay. Yeah, I think it's by the same guy that does the Jungle Book, so, but it's like his least problematic thing because it's just about a mongoose who befriends some children and protects it's, them from uh, a the viper. Author, the author is Rudyard Kipling. Um, okay. Oh, do you know about um, skunk baby facts, uh, especially how they practice um, how to spray? Uh, if if you have you ever seen like the videos of them? Because uh, they have to no. practice. Okay. Uh, listeners as well, uh, just if you need a pick me up in the middle of the day, <laughs> uh, go look up online uh, skunk babies learning how to do handstands because uh, uh-huh. skunk has to learn how to do a handstand in order to be able to spray effectively. Uh, and it's a part of like that whole warning set of signals thing. And the last thing is headstand and spray. Um, and so skunk babies trying to learn how to handstand and tumbling head over first and just doing like all sorts of rolls and everything everything like that is just the most adorable thing mm. ever you could oh also just gosh. google skunk babies and go to the images tab and they're pretty freaking cute so. oh yeah oh yeah there we go okay well i don't know did did we want to do wolf facts or we want to save those for later how we save those for later we can, we'll finish up with jason's summary <laughs> Okay. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. We're at chapter 10. Yeah. So, so, uh, Cassie acquires the mama skunk because she, uh, learns from her dad that her, that the mama skunk has babies out there that are about six or seven weeks old. And if, you know, the mom is in Gone. the barn, the babies are going to starve to death while the mother's being nursed back to health. So she acquires the mama skunk before. They all meet up to go invade the logging camp. With the so, purpose of she was going to, while they go invade, look out for where the skunk baby den, uh, the, the den where babies are, uh, could be possibly. Yes. Um, so they morph owls, which um, Cassie's happy about because um, she can search for the skunk kits while they're kind of flying to the compound because where they found the mama is in between the barn and the compound, the logging camp. Tobias can't come with them because it's nighttime um, and he can't really fly that well. But they all are loving the owl morph. The plan is to get as close to the compound as they can, maybe a couple hundred yards, morph termite, and then dig under the force field. They're all just not having a good time thinking about the termite because they're all remembering the ants. And even Rachel is like nervous and they're all not having a good time. Um, So they fly through the night, as owls, and when they're almost to the logging camp, Cassie hears something in the forest, and she thinks it's five baby animal voices, and thinks they're alone and don't have, like, their parent animal with them, and she tries to, like, remember the outcropping of rocks so that she can come back later. Mm -hmm. So they finally get to the uh like camp and axe is like well maybe we can get a little bit closer if we have a diversion but they're like well axe you can't be the diversion because there's probably your computers inside and we need you to attack the computers so they draw straws and 
to whoever draws the short straw is going to have to provide the diversion. And then Jake draws the short straw, which he, everybody's kind of shocked because they're like, oh, we kind of expected Jake to be with us. And nobody volunteered to do the diversion, but Jake kind of was like, hey, if kind of looking at Cassie, like if you want to be the diversion, that would probably be safer than going inside and being a termite. And Jake is surprised that he drew the short straw. So I'm kind of thinking... This is a hint that Jake tried to cheat to give Cassie the short straw, but he failed at it. So yeah, I don't he was know. Trying to get her out of the line of fire again. Yeah, kind of like in Megamorphs when he was like, "Go to the mall," you know, and, Be a, and go go to the mall, see if you can find Rachel, and then she turns just into a fly and uh, and not and, and doesn't get chased around by the Valik and that one. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. So. Jake is like, okay, have fun, guys. And he morphs Wolf because they already got shot at as wolves earlier. So he goes and he heads off and they'll kind of wait around for him to get into position. And Axe is like, what do you know about these termites? And Marco's like, well, they're like ants. But Cassie's like, actually, they're related to cockroaches. I looked them up in one of my mom's books. They have a society like ants, but roaches are closer relatives. They eat cellulose, the stuff in wood. Bacteria in their guts digest the wood. The worker termites, they um, eliminate their waste. And the soldier termites kind of eat it, I think. Judging from the termite Tobias brought us that we are going to be morphing soldier termites. So, (laughs) And they're all kind of like, oh, gross. Uh, Again, at least Cassie's the one doing the research ahead of these things. I mean, I think Rachel or some of them finally actually went, oh, yeah, I researched this one a little bit before I started doing this morph, Uh, which is smart. But uh, thank goodness that she actually does some preemptive, like, this is the shit we're getting ourselves into over confidence. At least a a little prepared, right? Just slightly. Somewhat. So they... All are kind of like grossed out about this, um, but they don't really dwell on it too much because they hear a wolf howl in the distance and they're like, okay, let's go. So they run as close as they can to the compound without getting out into the open. So they're all huddled behind this like giant tree trunk and they get really close because they're going to get really small and they start to morph termite and like Cassie is really scared. She's like sick, feeling sick. She's like afraid that Jake's going to get shot. She's afraid that they're going to die as termites. She's afraid of becoming the termite. She's scared. But then they all start to morph termite. And she sees these huge gross mandibles sprout from Rachel's face before she thankfully goes blind. (laughs) And it says, I wanted to scream. I wanted to scream so badly, but I no longer had a voice. I no longer had a tongue. Very good thing. Because <laughs> they are right there by the fortress, and that would have caused a little bit of an issue. <laughs> yeah. And that seems like a great place to pause here for the first half of book number nine, The Secret. We will be back next week with the second half of the book as <laughs> we find out the totally perfect, nothing goes wrong plan for morphing termites. Everything's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing to see here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, all, all of our facts this episode yeah. on, uh, on, on much animal tangents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the animal tangent episode. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Morgan underscore Slay. You can also add us on Twitter at Middlemorph. Can also find my other podcasts at are the letter you the word serious pod on Twitter about bad Reddit relationships. That's usually fun-ish. <laughs> That's <laughs> both of my podcasts. Usually fun-ish. <laughs> I think it'd be very fun. Yeah. 
Uh, Jason, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me online at Twitter at bottomus underscore prime. Um, I am on Reddit as well. Find me if you can. <laughs> yeah, but, you're uh, never going to find out my main account, but I do have a Morgan, Morgan Lisley Reddit account. It's not my main. Don't come for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Cass- uh, Cassie. I'm reading my notes. <laughs> That was maybe a Freudian slip. Kate, where can people find you? Uh, well, thank you, Morgan. Uh, <laughs> I'm not offended. Um, yes, it's a very good person to be compared to. <laughs> I, I am uh, I'm not on social media. Uh, so unless you want to, like, send, I don't know, uh, keeping in theme with, uh, with this book, like, send a message via, like, you know, small message via termites or something like that and infest my house, which please don't. <laughs> don't know how you would do that. I know have them like, spell out a, a word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know there's like anim- animal control things, uh, experiments that have always gone on, but uh, let, let's not go down that route. Um, <laughs> you can uh, better yet message us at uh, our uh, uh, Gmail account at um, middlemorph at gmail.com. Woo. And yeah, we'll be back next week for the second half of this episode. Get ready for some existential horror. Yeah. We love existential dread as millennials. And and, and the baby skunks get taken care of. That's very important. Yes. Yes. The skunks are fine. Most of them. Most of them. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.